My name is Tom Owens. I'm a retired worker for the Department of Agriculture, and I'm here to share with you a story that has been the source of much anxiety, many questions, and more sleepless nights than I would care to think about. This is but one of the one strange things that happened to me during my time working as a timber and silviculture tech for the Forestry Service in Indiana. For a long time, I have held my silence about what happened in fear of what may become of me if I decided to tell this story. I was forced to sign paperwork stating I would forever keep it a secret. Well, today that silence will be broken. Having worked for the Forestry Service for almost 22 years, it's easy to say that a person needs to quickly learn to respect the forest and its inhabitants, animal or otherwise. A lot of the work involved would probably seem like pretty mundane things, such as marking out trees for timber and preparing locations for seeding and tree plants. A lot of my time was spent alone or in small groups. Bizarre things happened to me in both of these situations, and I could assure that the feeling of safety in numbers really did not apply in my experience. I cannot recall the exact date when this story takes place, but I know it was early fall of 1988, and I had recently just celebrated my 38th birthday and had been living in Nashville for a couple of years by then. I had teamed up with Henry Waite, a new boy from Stanley Holtz, to scope out timber to be harvested for firewood in the Brown County State Park, just off the Salt Creek Trail. Henry, a towering frame of a man who, at one time at least, would have looked like he could fell a tree with a single blow of an axe if he so wanted to. He had been doing this work almost his entire life. He was maybe three or four years off of retirement at this point. He had deep furrowed lines crossing about his face and forehead which suggested a more than serious look about him, and had a deeply gravelly voice that time had clearly softened. I had worked with him on a number of occasions in the twenty-two years I had under my belt with the service, and in honesty, I don't mind the old-timer. I mean, he wasn't always the perfect co-worker. He could be awkward when it came to making decisions, and there were times when I would be sweating my ass off moving equipment around, only to find the guy sleeping in the cab of our truck. But I had to accept the poor bastard was nearly seventy years old, and had clearly done his share of manual labor in his time. I certainly had a lot more patience for him than the others, it seemed. Henry used to have some real interesting stories. He used to tell others about stuff he'd heard out in the forest, and stuff he claimed to have seen, too. Oftentimes he was alone when these occurrences took place, and the other workers never really paid him much attention, and generally would pass off his stories as mere scaremongering, verging on the ramblings of a senile old man. As for myself, I took his tales with a pinch of salt. Heaven knows you had to. Otherwise, you'd likely find yourself out alone one day, and hear something in the distance, and end up jumping out of your skin and running back to your truck. Other than this, though, he never was one to talk all that much beyond small talk and chit-chat. When he was recalling one of his stories, he would come to life, so to speak, and really put a great show on. He was one hell of a storyteller, that's for sure. I can picture him now with his tufty gray hair wafting about in time to his movements and the large lump of fur resting upon his top lip, obscuring a rather large portion of his weathered old face, twisting and protruding as he formed his words enthusiastically. 
There's no telling what you might run into out there, son, he would often exclaim in his gruff yet somehow gentle voice. But anyway, I'm here to share my own story, and I hope I can portray it as well as Henry often did. I remember the rays of the low-set afternoon sun were still strong for that particular time of year, casting a warm glow over the still green forest surrounding us. We had just finished packing our kit bags with markers and measuring equipments we would need, and was about to set off to the designated area on our charts to begin tagging trees ready for harvest. This was our last job for the day, and conversation was thin as Stan, the new guy, didn't seem like a conversationalist of any kind, and the three of us settled into that semi-comfortable silence that strangers often find themselves in when waiting for a bus or queuing up at the checkouts in the store. He struck me as the sort of person who was simply here to do his job, then go home. He had no interest in it other than the financial reward he would receive at the end of each week of work. Fine by me, I thought, as we quietly made our way along the well-worn path. The route we were taking was one often used by hikers to reach the nearby camping area and a rather nice viewing point. A few minutes passed before anyone broke the silence, and it was Henry that did so. Looks like we need to follow the trail as far as the fork, then hang a turn south into the trees, he stated. Then probably another twenty minutes heading slightly east, and we should spot the first few that are ready for the chop. You've been out this way before, then, I take it, I said. Henry paused to beats before answering. Yup, remember this trail well. Been a few years, mind you. He gave me a quick glance over his shoulder. I noticed that when I had asked the question, he had straightened his back ever so slightly as he answered. Something the matter, Henry? I asked. Not the location of one of your famous ghost stories, is it? I said, jokingly, trying to lighten the atmosphere. Stan gave me a funny look that clearly said he didn't know what I was talking about. Henry just scratched at his thinning hair. And no ghost in my story, son. He didn't say anything more, just maintained the same pace, trudging ahead along the trail. What story is he talking about? Stan was looking at me. A look of concern had crossed his face. He was only twenty or twenty-one. His slight build looked out of place in his uniform, and the kit bag looked like it might pull him down to the ground at any moment. Oh, it, nothing, really. Henry likes to tell stories about himself and uh, scary things that happened to him out here. He's quite the storyteller, wouldn't you say, Henry? I said, glancing past Stan to where he was making his steady progress. He didn't respond. Scary stories? Huh, like what? Stan said. Not ghosts, uh, witches and werewolves. Ain't that right, Henry? I said, trying again to get a reaction out of him. But still, he remained silent. Except this time, I saw his shoulders rise and drop in a theatrical sigh. I continued. Rumor has it the poor guy ended up marrying one, I said jokingly, expecting him to dodge a right hook from Henry. But still, there was no noticeable reaction. I bet there's something really weird out here. Not like people spend much time out wandering about the forest, that is. Stan said, adding his thoughts on the matter. Finally, he spoke. Not true, son. There's plenty of things out here. Not just deer and cougars, though. But sure, there's less people relying on the land nowadays compared to when I was your age. 
And that's for the best, I can assure you. So, what about hikers and such? Should they worry about these, uh, things? Asked Stan. He's been out here all of an hour, and already he's lapping it all up, I thought. I wasn't that gullible when I was so young. Things is right, boy. I don't rightly know what someone should call him. Henry said. Sometimes I wonder if they're even really of this world. Okay, let's not scare the hell out of the poor guy before he's even done any work, Henry. We've got a lot to get on with this afternoon, and we need all the help we can get if we want a chance to get home in time to see the sunset. I interjected. Henry chimes back with, All I'm saying is, it's best to keep an eye out for weird occurrences out here. We're alone and a good few miles from... Well, anybody. If you think about it, that's enough, man. I cut him short. For God's sake, can we just get on with finding these trees and doing our jobs? My temper was fraying. Henry wasn't normally like this. Usually, he just wanted the same as me. Do a job, then get on with making it back to the truck safely before it gets dark. I, too, had heard strange noises when working out alone, but your mind plays tricks on you when there's no company. The last thing I wanted was to be stuck out here in the pitch black with a rookie and Mr. Stephen King himself lugging all this stuff about with us. Henry just grunted something at me and carried on walking. Stan was eyeing me with a look of worry about him, but didn't press the matter any further, much to my relief. It wasn't much longer before we reached the fork in the trail that Henry had mentioned earlier. He set down his bag and took a seat on a fallen tree, whilst I took out the chart and made note of our destination from where we were. Uh, looks like we cut through in this direction, I pointed out. Then it should be only another twenty minutes further on. Is it okay if I go take a leak? asked Stan. I shouldn't have finished my flask of coffee on the drive over here. Does a bear shit in the woods? replied Henry. Stan seemed a little embarrassed, but said no more, and cut off the path through the tree line for a little privacy. The trees were a lot denser in the direction we were headed. Not much sunlight made its way through the thick canopy provided by the trees and foliage. There was a slight chill in the air now, it seemed, and a gentle breeze had picked up, along with what was the beginning of the evening chorus of bird songs. So, what do you make of them? I took the opportunity to ask Henry. Who? What do you mean, who? Uh, Stanley. The new guy. You know, been with us the past couple hours on his first day... Or is your memory going in your old age? My memory's just fine, actually. I was just thinking about something else, is all. Something else? Henry didn't reply. Uh, care to elaborate? I asked after a moment. Just the last time I was up here. Not one of my best days at work, from what I remember. Some really weird stuff started happening. Oh god, can we drop the weird stuff thing already? I replied tensely. For the first time that afternoon, I felt a strange sense that something was not quite right. Like a sensation we were being observed or something. Christ, have you let him get to you too? I thought to myself. I shook the feeling off, and a moment or two later, Stan returned, and we made our way east as planned. Though this time I was paying a lot more attention to our surroundings. The area we were in occasionally received reports of large carnivores, 
such as mountain lions, gray wolves, and black bears. It sometimes paid to keep a casual idea of your surroundings. I didn't fancy unknowingly being stalked by a mountain lion or such. About halfway to the marked area on the map, I began feeling my legs start to protest at carrying the large weight on my back. I wasn't unfit by a long run, uh, far from it, in fact, but as we were no longer on the marked path, it was surprising how much more energy was required to make progress through the undergrowth. Where we were headed was only just over a half mile from the trail as the crow flies, but the going was much tougher and more time-consuming. I began to wonder how long Henry would go before he too started to slow, but to my surprise, he carried on without a problem. Stan, on the other hand, was clearly not as used to the hard trek with the extra weight. Dark sweat patches had formed around his armpits, and I noticed him occasionally wiping the sweat from his brow. Suddenly, in the distance, somewhere, came the sound of what I could only say was a chainsaw. Well, close to the sound of one, anyway. It had an unusual buzz to it that undeniably sounded a lot closer than the noise of the chainsaw itself. All three of us stopped to listen. None of us seemed to be able to tell which way it was coming from. Didn't realize we were near a logging site out this way, I thought out loud. We're not. Closest one's about forty miles from here, countered Henry. Could be just someone gathering some firewood, I said. Weirdly, the noises I normally associated with the forest had stopped. The breeze had died, too. Sweat beaded on the back of my neck and slowly made a cold trail down right to where my belt was. I shivered slightly in response. I scanned our surroundings, looking for the source of the noise, but the trees created a weird acoustic, and I found it impossible to tell. Strange, Henry said. It sounds wrong. What do you mean? It sounds like it's on a loop. Just the same buzzing noise on repeat. He was right. I hadn't noticed it at first, but it was clear now. There was no devotion in the tone of the chainsaw noise. Not like when you cut wood and the tone and pitch change as the engine works more and less to cut through the trunk of a tree. Something wasn't right about it, and it just made me want to be as far away as possible from it. Whatever it was, was giving me chills down my spine. Suddenly, the sound stopped. Without warning, we were plunged into complete silence. No leaves rustling in the wind. That breeze was gone, too. But most strange of all, not a single note. My unease grew even more, to a point where I actually felt like there was a lump in my throat I couldn't swallow. We should keep... The sound came before I could finish my sentence. I glanced over to where the noise had come from and saw Henry aiming a thirty-eight revolver high above his head. What are you- He fired it. The surrounding area echoed the sound across the whole place, and the forest itself seemed to come alive as hundreds of birds flocked from the treetops and made a quick getaway from the loud noise. In the distance, I noticed a few deers dart from cover and disappear into the thick vegetation of the forest. You crazy old man, why the hell do you have that out here? I asked angrily. You know we could lose our jobs if they find out you carry one of those in a company vehicle? Calm down, son. It's just a bit of protection. This is bear country, don't forget, said Henry crossly. 
Besides, nobody will find out as long as nobody says anything. He eyed Stan and myself as he said this. Christ. All right, just put the thing away before you blow someone's head off waving that around. Can we just get on and get home already? I said, throwing my arms up into the air and pushing past them both in the direction of the trees to the east. The chainsaw noise had disappeared, too. Whoever it was were now probably scared some lunatic was out here with a gun in the middle of nowhere. Henry scowled at me as I passed him, but soon matched my pace and was walking along beside me. Stan was following on behind. He didn't seem the least bit worried about what just happened. Guy's an idiot, this one. How can he not care about him randomly firing off shots when he's just met the man? I wondered. You can thank me later, Henry said to me under his breath. What for? Bringing a gun with you to work so we can all get fired? No, for probably saving your ass back there, he said. From what? You really are crazy, aren't you? They've been following us for a while now. Goosebumps covered all over my skin, and I suddenly went cold. What are you on about, Henry? Don't mess around. This is not funny. Look, I'm not going to say anything, so just drop the act, will you? I said, my mind going back to the chainsaw noise, wondering if he wasn't just trying to scare the living hell out of me. Because if he was, it was sure as hell working. Them things. You might not have seen them, but I did. See? I know what I'm looking for. I've seen them before. Last time I was out these ways, like I said earlier. What things, Henry? I thought those were just stories you made up to scare people. It was getting me worried enough as it is. I don't want to hear any more of it, I said. Look, all I know is that they mean trouble. They ain't natural, whatever they are. People go missing out here regularly and nobody seems to care about it. Whole group of people have gone out hiking and never returned. Campsites are found undisturbed, but the owner just outright disappears. Then, next you hear about them as a random piece of their clothing turns up out of the blue. Usually a shoe or something. No blood on it or scratches or anything. Normally within a few days of them disappearing, but whatever turns up is usually far away from where they went missing. Too far for them to have got themselves there in the time that they are gone. We're talking miles away. Something strange happens in this forest. So keep your eyes peeled, son. It might just mean the difference between going home tonight or not. This was the most I'd ever heard Henry say when not recalling one of his many stories. Something about the way he was looking at me and the way he said it told me he was being serious. So why aren't you telling Stan the same thing if it's that dangerous out here? I countered. Because I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Something's different about him compared to before. He won't look me in the eye. Also, in case you haven't noticed, he hadn't said a word since we left the trail back there. He was right. Stan had not said a word since he left us and came back. He didn't even flinch when Henry had fired the gun a minute ago and he was stood right next to him. It should have nearly deafened him. I thought about what he was telling me and tried to process it all. The sun was getting lower, and the light level in the forest suddenly seemed a lot darker. All right, uh, let's just say you're right. We're in the thick of it, and being followed by 
Whatever it is, and something's up with Stan. I glanced over to my shoulder to make sure he couldn't hear me. Stan was ambling along behind us, and staring hard straight back at me. I... you... you all right back there, Stan? I stumbled over my words, oozing suspicion. He just smiled back and carried on walking, then looked out to his right into the trees. What was wrong with his eyes? They looked as though they were glistening, as if he was going to cry. But his posture, his body language, was nothing but confident. Yet, at the same time, the way he was walking seemed off. Slightly rigid or something. Henry drew my attention away as he started speaking again. If I'm right, which I'm almost certain I am, we need to make it back to the truck and out of these trees. And fast. What if we don't make it back to the truck? I asked fearfully. Then we're dead, said Henry, point blank. By now I was genuinely scared. For the first time I was fearing for my life. And I didn't even know what I was scared of. We need to turn back. We're only an hour's hike from the truck and we should have enough daylight left to make it in time. But we need to leave. Now, said Henry. And what about Stan? You think there's something wrong with him? I asked Henry. I think he's one of them, he said. Back when we were at the fork and he came back from having a piss. Didn't you notice how quiet everything was? Like, complete silence. Not quiet, but silent. What? But it's Stan. Are you sure you don't need glass? They can change into other things came Henry's reply. My mind was racing, trying to take it all in. There was so much that didn't make sense. It should all just belong in a horror movie, but now, apparently, it was real. It takes them time to perfect it, and usually it's not perfect. They even sound exactly the same as the person they are copying. I'm pretty sure that chainsaw noise back there was one of them. That's why it was sounding like a loop. Almost as he finished speaking... The chainsaw noise started up again, as if on cue. This time, though, it was a lot closer, and I was certain I saw movement behind Henry. We both froze. Henry followed my gaze. What I saw chilled me to the core. In the middle distance was the silhouettes of what sort of resembled a person sitting on their haunches. But this person would have easily been at least eight feet tall if they were standing. It took a step closer and must have covered a good ten meters in one stride. Its skin caught a rare ray of sunlight filtering through the trees. Its skin was pale and sickly looking and appeared to be painfully drawn tight over the skeletal frame of its body, almost to the point of splitting open. I felt my blood run cold, but I couldn't move. I was frozen to the spot with fear. The same seemed to happen to Henry beside me. It cocked its head at us both, like a dog would. I realized its lopsided mouth was open, and just as it closed it, the chainsaw noise stopped abruptly, only to start again when it opened its mouth for a second time. Inside were luminous, serrated teeth. Massive teeth, like a dramatic makeup prop. Henry stole a quick glance behind us. Christ, he whispered. Stan's gone. What the hell? I stammered. 
but I couldn't tear my gaze away from this thing. It was like it was staring straight into my very being. Suddenly, it closed and opened its mouth again. This time, instead of the chainsaw, it emitted a loud and clear click. Henry looked down at the revolver in his waistband. It's mimicking the noises we've been making, he said. Almost instantly, the creature lurched forward towards us at an incredible speed, but on all fours, bounding over a fallen tree half its own height like it was nothing. Run, I bellowed. I took off without looking back to check if Henry or the creature was following. I could hear branches breaking behind me, which I'm sure must have been him. As off to my side, I could hear the same, only a lot louder, as if whole trees were being snapped in half. I ran for my life, as fast as my legs would carry me. I dropped the heavy bag that was weighing me down, expensive gear crashing to the floor. Screw it, I don't care how much it's worth, I thought. The chainsaw noise was underway again, getting nearer and faster as I broke back onto the Salt Creek Trail. My feet pounded the dirt beneath me as I pleaded with my legs to move faster. I suddenly was hit by what I could only describe as a wall of stench. The smell of rotting flesh was unmistakable, making me retch bile into my own mouth and burning my throat at the same time. I looked off to my side, and to my horror, the beast was getting closer, bounding through the trees just a few meters off. It locked eyes with me, and I nearly stumbled. The thing was smiling at me, showing off row after row of unimaginably jagged, sharp teeth. It opened its mouth and let out an animalistic screech that was high-pitched and shrill, but reverberated around inside my body at the same time. I could hear Henry behind me, somewhat keeping pace. He was keeping up, even though he was in his sixties, and we must have covered most of a mile by now. My lungs were on fire, and I could feel the burning in my legs start to become too much to push through. I was running on pure adrenaline and fear. I rounded the last corner before the small clearing, where we had parked the truck earlier. Just a bit farther, and I was free of this nightmare. As I crested the small hill leading into the car park, my heart sank. There was no truck. There wasn't even a car park. Just another seemingly endless trail. My mind worked overtime, trying to figure out if I had made a wrong turn. I was sure I hadn't. There was only one trail anywhere near here, and it was the only one in and out of the forest for miles around. I could hear the creature gaining on me. I dared not to look into the trees again to see how close it was. My thoughts changed instantly as I heard the unmistakable noise of someone stumbling behind me. Henry had fallen. I skidded to a halt and swung around to grab him. No! Keep going! He yelled at me. I hesitated for a split second. No! I can't leave him! I thought, but it was all the time the thing needed. Before I could take one step in Henry's direction, it was upon him. It pinned his face into the dirt as it looked up at me. Its face was different. It looked like some kind of wolf, but with the torso of a man. What would have been its rear legs were also that of a wolf. Only this thing was standing up now, and was at least seven or eight feet tall. All I could smell was rotting flesh. So strong it made me want to puke again. My mind tried to make sense of it all. Had it changed shape again? I asked myself. The creature opened its wide mouth and let off a horrific screech before leaping away with Henry in its clutches into the tree line. As I stood there, 
dumbfounded, I heard a wet squelching and cracking sound accompanied by a terrible, guttural scream. He was dead. Henry was dead. Before I could even process that he was gone, taken by some creature, I heard the chainsaw off to my side again. Tree branches started thumping and cracking as something made its way to where I was, and fast. I realized there must have been more than one. I took off again, not even taking time to think about what savage end Henry must have met. Hell, I didn't even want to try to imagine it. As fast as my legs would carry me, I headed further along the trail that should have taken me back to the truck and his safety. Up ahead, there was a turn in the track. Could I have got it wrong? Was the car parked farther than I had originally thought? All around me, the forest was alive with screeching and branches snapping, and the loud clicks of Henry's revolver cocking. It was getting louder the closer I got to the bend up ahead. As I suddenly was on top of the corner, the noises reached fever pitch. I was sure I was done for. I rounded the bend, only to be confronted by the sudden end of the trail and a wall of dense, thick trees. I was dead. I was certain that these were going to be the last moments of my life, torn to shreds by something nobody even knew existed. I dove into the trees, not wanting to give up yet, somehow believing I could escape. But in reality, the trees were where they were most at home, leaping about like it was nothing while I blindly tripped and stumbled my way onwards. Without warning, the ground beneath my feet dropped away, and before I knew it, I was falling, down and down, smashing into trees and branches on the way. I looked down at where I would land, just in time to see a massive branch from a tree coming straight from my face. I hit it with full force and saw stars replacing my vision. I tried not to think of the terrible things about to happen to me after those things caught up with me. Then everything simply went black. All I was aware of was a high-pitched whining noise coming and going. I'm not sure how much time passed. The first thing I could sense was movement all around me. Then I could hear shouting. Yes, shouting. That meant people. Something opened my eyes, and a blinding bright light poured in, stinging my corneas. Then the same to the other. I opened them both and was staring face to face with a woman I had never seen before. He's awake, she exclaimed. My head was pounding, and there was a tingling sensation down my left side. Suddenly, I was aware of a terrible throbbing in my forehead. I let out a panicked groan in response to the pain. Morphine, said the woman loudly. Her booming words rattled my brain. It's okay, sir. We're going to give you something for the pain. Just try to relax and not move. She was holding my head firmly in place. My eyes scanned over behind her, and I saw a male paramedic coming over with a syringe. He just fell out of the tree line straight in front of my rig, a large man said. He was wearing denim and a leather jacket. He looked to be speaking to a police officer who was busy taking notes. I must have blacked out again, because I next woke up in a hospital. Because I next woke up in a hospital as a nurse was reading my vitals. Hello, sir. Don't worry, you're safe now. That was some nasty accident you had back there. You were lucky that 18-wheeler didn't run you over. I opened my mouth and tried to speak, but no matter how hard I tried, 
No words would come out. It turned out I'd suffered mild brain damage as a result of my fall. It took me nearly three years to be able to speak properly again. Endless therapy sessions and the constant pain of not being able to tell anyone about what had really happened in that forest. Henry and Stan to this day are still listed as missing people. Police interviewed me, but all I could say was that I couldn't remember anything that happened that day. I was considered a suspect for a very long time, but they had no evidence of any foul play. I think eventually they got bored and genuinely started to believe I'd hit my head hard enough to not remember any of it. I was also visited in the hospital by a representative of my employer. I was basically scared into signing a non-disclosure form about anything that might have happened to me whilst in the forest. I wish that were true. The truck driver also visited me during my time in the hospital. He was a nice man, if a bit rough around the edges. Nick Current is his name, and I'm still friends with him today, nearly twenty years later. The thing is, though, something he told me doesn't quite sit right. The location where I nearly landed directly under his wheels was just outside of Bloomington, on the I-46 road, over ten miles away from where we were working that day. I still don't know what those things were in the woods. I try not to think about it mostly. They just give me nightmares. I'm just glad to have gotten it off my chest, so to speak. Maybe tonight I will sleep a little better, finally. I just hope nobody else has to go through the same thing that I did almost 30 years ago.